there's accusations that 40,000 ballots were flown in. To Arizona? Into Arizona. And what they're doing is to find out if there's bamboo in the paper. Yeah, I don't believe any of that. Okay. I'm just saying that is part of the mystery that we want to ungaslight people about. And this is a way to do it. Hey, it's, it's that bamboo guy. What? Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. He's coming on the show? I got the feeling that something right. Today? I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Cool. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Bamboo guy. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am. Stuck in the middle with you. Here I am. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, also in California in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, Eugene's KEPW, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. In Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. In Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR. And Minneapolis, St. Paul's AM 950 KTNF. We also stream coast to coast and around the globe every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth. Five days a week, I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow, says me from bradblog.com. Thank you, Mr. Mr. America and all the ships at sea for joining us here today <laughs> on the Bradcast. Glad to have you with us. Uh, okay, I think, I think we've got some breaking news for you today. Uh, coming up with my guest shortly as the so-called... Maricopa County, Arizona, 2020 post-election forensic audit, or fraud it, as some have referred to it. I just kind of call it an audit theater clown show, uh, as that seems to be falling apart today. Falling apart even further than it has already fallen apart. If it's even possible, yes, it is falling apart if, more than that. Yeah, it just keeps tumbling on down. Uh, hi, Desi Doyen. Hi. Yeah, it's falling apart with now the uh, GOP Senate liaison and spokesperson for this audit who was hired to oversee it and this audit now being carried out by the cyber ninjas. Former Arizona Secretary of State Ken Bennett. He has been locked out of the count entirely <laughs> as of late last week and reportedly uh, is tendering his resignation to the entire affair today. We will speak shortly with an insider and an old and very colorful friend. Is that the right way to put it, Des? Colorful is a good word, yes. Uh, he has been an insider to that uh, nearly four-month-long audit 
momentarily he will join us. And I know he's got a lot to report since we spoke to him last on the show. Uh, so very quickly here, let me get to some breaking uh, other breaking news items out of D.C. happening on Wednesday. President Joe Biden and a bipartisan group of senators have reached an agreement on a one trillion dollar infrastructure package with the Senate ready to begin consideration of a key part of the administration's agenda as early as Wednesday night in an evening test vote in the Senate. Biden welcomed the accord as one that would show America can, quote, do big things with the most significant long-term investments in nearly a century in this country on par, according to AP, with building the Transcontinental Railroad, and the interstate highway system. In a statement, Biden said, quote, this deal signals to the world that our democracy can function. We will once again transform America and propel us into the future. Well, we shall see. Lead GOP negotiator Senator Rob Portman of Ohio announced the deal earlier at the Capitol, flanked by four other Republican senators. That's a total of five, by my count, uh, who have been in talks with Democrats and the White House on this bipartisan package. Portman said, we now have an agreement on the major issues. We are prepared to move forward. Nonetheless, the agreement only pushes the package toward consideration by the full Senate. It is still unclear if enough Republican senators will support passage. Many of them raised questions reportedly during a private lunch on Wednesday. And at least 10 of them would have to vote in favor of the bill, along with all of the Senate Democrats, in order to overcome a filibuster in the upper chamber. So you will forgive me if I still remain cautious, not cynical, not cynical, but cautious here. Oh, uh, I'll be I'll be cynical. OK, you'll be the cynical one. Yeah. That is your job, after all. But I am cautious about this part of Biden's overall four trillion dollar infrastructure package. And whether it will move forward, this piece is largely the so-called hard infrastructure piece, roads, bridges, public transit, uh, broadband, Internet and so forth, with the much larger package, some three point five trillion dollars to be passed at the same time or shortly thereafter by Senate Democrats only under budget reconciliation rules that allow passage of budget related items with a simple majority vote. The 700-page bipartisan bill, said to have been agreed to on Wednesday, includes $550 billion in new spending, new spending on public works projects. That's on top of the money that had already been allocated uh, or is, is regularly a allocated to such projects. Uh, and it's actually quite a bit of money, even though it will be spent over the next decade or so. The outcome... According to AP, will set the stage for the next debate over Biden's much more ambitious $3.5 trillion spending package, a strictly partisan pursuit of far-reaching programs and services like child care, tax breaks, tax increases for the wealthy and for corporations, and health care provisions that touch on almost every corner of American life. It also includes partisan bill, the Democratic-only bill, also includes much more spending to address things like rail transit, electric vehicles, 
and other strategies to counter climate change. Republicans strongly oppose that bill, but they're not needed for passage. Nonetheless, Republicans may still try to stop both of these measures. Earlier today, as NBC reports, key senators negotiating the bipartisan portion of this announced that they reached the deal with Democrats in the White House. Ohio's Portman, who is, uh, again, the lead negotiator for the Republicans, said the Democrats accepted their latest offer to resolve the issue of highway and transit funding, which was one of the last major obstacles. How much would be spent on each? Arizona's Senator Kirsten Sinema, who served as the lead negotiator for the Democrats, said that lawmakers are putting the finishing touches on the bill but should allow the rest of the Senate to begin reading it very soon. She said, we do expect to move forward this evening. She said, we're very excited to have a deal. And she said that uh, lawmakers have most of the text done and they'll be releasing the rest today and then we'll update everyone else so they get the last pieces. Uh, The $550 billion, billion deal for new spending is actually down from the $579 billion uh, package that negotiators had previously targeted. But whatever is left out here, in theory, can be included in the larger Democrats-only bill if they want. And if all 50 senators who caucus with the Democrats agree to it, the spending on the bipartisan bill will amount to $1 trillion in total when factoring in other expected funding for transportation projects. Republican Senator Susan Collins of Maine said she was, quote, delighted that we've been able to come together as a bipartisan group. Senator Bill Cassidy, Republican from Louisiana, appeared to take a dig at former President Donald Trump's recent statement calling on Republicans to reject the deal. <laughs> yes, of course. Because, you he know, he wants to undermine it because, yes, anyway, because he couldn't pass it. Right. He couldn't pass one. Uh, Cassidy told reporters, I am amazed that there are some who oppose this just because they think that if you ever get anything done, somehow it's a sign of weakness. Cassidy said, I have no clue what they mean. My state has been impacted more than any other by flooding and natural disasters these past two years. His state will get a lot of the money from both of these bills. The other two Republicans in the negotiating group were Senator Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Mitt Romney of Utah. Murkowski told reporters, from a policy perspective, this is something that the country needs. She said this is also important to demonstrate that Republicans and Democrats can come together over really hard stuff to negotiate in good faith and to broker an agreement that is not going to work just for Republicans or for Democrats. It's going to work for the country, she said. Well, we will see. It sounds good. It'll sound better when it is passed by the Senate. and uh, Yeah, and then the House, and then the larger Democrats-only bill is passed in both chambers, and both bills are then signed by the president. If that can happen, it will be a huge accomplishment for this president, and uh, as as many have noted, one of the largest such accomplishments since FDR's New Deal. So there is some potentially good news today uh, that we will undoubtedly uh, cover in more detail as it all moves forward in either lesser good news or additional good news, depending on how you may look at it. 
President Biden will formally announce on Thursday that all civilian federal employees must be vaccinated against the coronavirus or be forced to submit to regular testing, social distancing, mask requirements and restrictions on most travel. That, according to two people familiar with the president's plan, uh, as the New York Times reports on Wednesday, White House officials said the administration is still reviewing the specific details of the policy, which the president is expected to announce in a speech from the White House on Thursday. In a statement on Tuesday, Biden said his remarks will reveal, quote, the next steps in our efforts to get more Americans vaccinated. And I wish you Godspeed, Mr. President. In my opinion, this action comes not a moment too soon. Uh, the move will be uh, similar to an announcement on Wednesday from New York's Governor Andrew Cuomo, who said that tens of thousands of state employees will now be required to either show proof of vaccination or submit to weekly testing. That announcement is similar to one made by California Governor Gavin Newsom earlier this week, affecting some 2.2 million state employees here. The federal plan will not force employees to get a shot unless they work directly with patients at hospitals run by the Veterans Affairs Department. But public health officials are, are hoping that the prospect of extra burdens for the vaccinated will help convince more people to get one. For the uh, as far as the military goes, it's not clear if Biden was planning something similar there. Although he does have the authority to do so, but Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has said he would not be comfortable with a mandate until the FDA fully approves the vaccine. Okay, so uh, there you go. I, like I said, that's either good or bad news as you see it. I've been hearing uh, since we've been talking about the problems as the Delta variant has been wreaking havoc across the country, havoc across the country. Uh, I've been hearing with some listeners telling me that I'm completely wrong. The vaccines are very dangerous <laughs> and should never be taken by anyone. <laughs> but uh, COVID, COVID's great. I uh, guess it's a hoax. Is that what they're... I, well, yeah, uh, it's unclear why they believe this. Uh, I believe their information is completely wrong. And I have looked into it where I can. Uh, anyway, I got to get to a break here because I want to have plenty of time for my next guest. As we noted on Monday's broadcast, Ken Bennett, the former Arizona Secretary of State, a Republican himself, has now been locked out of the Arizona audit that he was hired by the Republican State Senate, who authorized the audit in the first place, to oversee as its liaison um and to report back to the state Senate, our longtime friend and election integrity champion, John Brakey, who is decidedly not a Republican, has nonetheless been working side by side with Bennett since this absurd, super secret process, otherwise run by sore losers who know nothing at all about elections or voting systems or audits. Uh, John Brakey joins us next to explain what exactly is and is not going on as the Cyber Ninja's numbers reportedly are not adding up and as it looks more and more like, lo and behold, the original numbers showing Joe Biden did actually win Arizona may have been accurate after all. That's kind of freaking out the Cyber Ninjas and the Republicans, though it is not stopping Donald Trump from lying about it all or Republicans in other states from wanting to waste 
millions of taxpayer dollars on similar exercises. John Brakey, yes, the bamboo ballots guy (laughs) that you may have seen on your TV sets a few weeks back. He joins us next once again on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Hey, this is Desi. The Bradcast and the Green News Report survive thanks to you and your support. Please drop by bradblog.com slash donate today to help us stay independent every day over your public airwaves. That's bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. I love Wake up, Mom. Wake up. My mother listens to this show and uh, uh, falls asleep sometimes listening. So I figure if I play her her favorite terrible Arizona song, maybe that'll wake her up. <laughs> Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. She's going to want to listen to this segment. Oh, yes. Matt Schumann of Talking Points Memo on Tuesday rounded up some of the somewhat, shall we say, confusing and or conflicting reports on what is now going on at the, let's call it, controversial audit in Phoenix, Arizona of the 2.1 million ballots cast in Maricopa County in the November 2020 presidential and senatorial elections, both certified to have been won by Democrats. In Joe Biden's case, by some 10,400 votes statewide, though by much more than that in Maricopa, the state's largest county. This would be the so-called audit commissioned by the Republican State Senate GOP with $150,000 in taxpayer money given to a company named Cyber Ninjas, headed up by a guy named Doug Logan who had no experience in either elections or voting systems or even audits before being hired for this job, which has since separately raised millions of dollars through right-wing media outlets. Before being hired for the gig, Logan had spread conspiracy theories on social media, claiming that the election uh, in Arizona and elsewhere was stolen from Donald Trump. So naturally, let's hire him to do the audit. The audit, which began way back in April at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum, where it was scheduled initially to run for three or four weeks and has now run three or four months and is still continuing, was overseen sort of by the state's former Republican Secretary of State, Ken Bennett. He was tapped by the state GOP Senate to serve as its liaison to keep Senate Republicans apprised of what was going on in the audit. That, apparently, was particularly important given that the so-called audit, some such as the state's current Democratic Secretary of State have called it a fraudit, what was going on there has been largely kept entirely secret from the public, violating one of the most important elements of any legitimate post-election review of ballots, in my opinion, the idea that these things should be made fully public. Last week... We debunked a whole bunch of claims made by the Cyber Ninjas CEO Doug Logan at a GOP Senate forum, updating GOP Senate President Karen Fan on the progress of the audit, after which Donald Trump twisted Logan's testimony to claim tens of thousands of votes had been fraudulently added to Maricopa's election. 
The county's Republican elections chief and the county's Republican majority board of supervisors strongly disagreed, and they explained how Logan had misused numbers that clearly he did not understand, given his lack of experience in how elections actually work. But then confusing reports came out on Friday that former Secretary of State Bennett, again, the Republican overseeing the count and other forensic exercises on behalf of the state Senate, which had kicked off this entire thing, had himself been locked out of the audit. That after he reportedly shared numbers from a new count of ballots, a third count that was being carried out to determine why the number of ballots cast as reported by the county originally did not match the number of ballots counted by the ninjas during their audit. Bennett reportedly shared some of those numbers from what would be that third count of ballots which is said to have matched more closely with the county's original numbers than with the Cyber Ninjas. That seems to have resulted in Ken Bennett being barred by either the Ninjas or Senate President Fan, unclear still, uh, being barred from the proceedings at the Coliseum. Meanwhile, at Talking Point's memo, Matt Shuham tried to make some sense of all of this, along with new comments from Bennett this week, suggesting that Bennett would potentially be stepping down from his role as Senate liaison because of all of this. Shuham writes that the politicized audit of Maricopa County, Arizona's 2020 election results has come under fire from an unexpected source, Ken Bennett, Arizona's former Republican Secretary of State and now the Republican-controlled Senate's lead liaison to the audit. Now... Writes Shuam, Bennett has been banned from the venue, the consequence of sharing some data with an outside group that has attempted to verify the audit's performance. Bennett told talk radio host James Harris, quote, the reason I am that close to stepping down as liaison is that I cannot be a part of a process that I am kept out of critical aspects along the way that make the audit legitimate and have integrity when we produce the final result. Unfortunately, he said, there have been too many of those situations and the tip of the iceberg kind of came out last Friday when I was denied access to the audit itself. Bennett's status now with the audit is unclear. He told TPM in an email, quote, I am still the Senate liaison and I'm working with President Fan on how or if I can move forward with the audit. Until she and I reach a resolution, I will not have further comments, he said. But on another podcast by John Fredericks, Bennett was asked why the Cyber Ninjas and perhaps Senate President Karen Fan herself appear to be cutting Bennett out of his oversight role. Ken, why are they withholding information from you? I think their answer would be that I share too much with the press, but I had not shared any confidential information uh, with the press about numbers or the votes on the ballots that they've been counting for months now. Uh, there are little bits and pieces here, like when we had to move out of the Coliseum. Uh, I apparently said it uh, too early in the week that on Friday we were going to be moving the ballots and the machines to a different building, and they wanted to wait and not uh, say something like that until the last minute. It's just some, uh, you know, 
differences there, and and I guess they felt that I was too open and honest. In fact, they've used those words with me. I'm honest to a fault. Well, they can't have anyone honest working on this. Uh, and why wouldn't he, uh, Bennett, share results of the votes on the ballots that have been counted for months now? The right-wing auditors have claimed this exercise is needed for transparency. But as I've reported throughout the process on this program, it has been by far the least transparent post-election audit process that I have ever personally seen. Or, more accurately in this case, have not seen. The public has been told next to nothing about what the cyber ninjas and the other contractors that they have hired have found, other than what Ninja Chief Doug Logan testified to just over one week ago after more than three months of counting. When this all began, way back in May of this year, the uh, actually April, uh, the broadcast was perhaps the uh, first media outlet to report in detail about what was actually going on inside the Coliseum. As a longtime progressive election integrity and transparency expert that we have known for years, was actually working inside the Coliseum as Ken Bennett's right-hand man, or maybe his left-hand man. He told us on this program, for example, that the ninjas were examining ballots under a microscope in order to determine if bamboo fibers were found in the ballot papers, somehow suggesting that, if so, that meant they were flown in from China secretly, as one of the Trump wingnut conspiracy theories went at the time. A few weeks later, that bamboo issue uh, became a bit of a national laughingstock when that progressive election integrity expert, John Brakey of Audit USA, was quoted out of context by several major news outlets after Dennis Welch, a journalist at the local CBS affiliate in Phoenix, posted some video of Brakey discussing it that for some reason did not include John Brakey's full comments on the matter. The other day at the press conference you were talking about bamboo. What was that about? Well, is that there's accusations that 40,000 ballots were flown in. To Arizona? Into Arizona, and it was stuffed into the box, okay? And it came from the southeast part of the world, Asia, okay? And, uh, and what they're doing is to find out if there's bamboo in the paper. And so they're doing all sorts of testing to prove if it was or wasn't. And that's very important because the only way you can persuade people on changing is having facts. And we're on a mission for facts. Now, that comment from John Brakey, of course, resulted in much ridicule for the audit and, in fact, for Brakey himself, even by some such as MSNBC's former Keith Olbermann, who attacked John as a right wing crank. To put it nicely on FCC radio, John, well, he may be a crank, but not a right wing one. Uh, but what Dennis Welch, political director of CBS Phoenix, did not include initially when he shared that conversation on social media was what Brakey said immediately after those bamboo comments. So what does the bamboo, why, why do you check for because bamboo? Because they use bamboo in their paper processing. Who's they? Uh people in Southeast Asia. So that you feel like... That's 40, what they say. 40,000 ballots have been... Yeah, I don't believe any of that. Okay. I'm just saying that is part of the mystery that we want to ungaslight people about, and this is a way to do this it. This is part of what you're looking at. For. I'm not. They are. Wow. I'm here as an observer and a professional in elections for the last 17 years. 
Yeah, so John Brakey did not believe any of that, despite the way he was ridiculed uh, in the national media by those who didn't bother to look at the very next sentence from that original clip. Shamefully, Welch never corrected the record, to my knowledge, and folks like Olbermann never took down their attacks on Brakey even after... The second part of that conversation was made widely available. Brakey, of course, is not a right-winger. In fact, he is a longtime union organizer and Bernie Sanders fan, in addition to being an election integrity advocate who has fought for integrity in elections for Democrats and Republicans and third-party candidates alike for nearly 20 years. He has remained inside the audit since we uh, spoke with him first back in April and at Ken Bennett's side over the course of this audit theater show. And he joins us again today on the broadcast to update us on what the hell is actually going on. Oh, John Bamboo Brakey, as you are now known in some circles. Welcome back to the broadcast, my friend. It's good to be back, but at least I am not Doug Anon Logan. <laughs> so, of Cyber Ninjas. So, so I'd rather be Bamboo than a, a QAnon. Okay, you're already going against Doug Logan. <laughs> we'll get there in a second. John, I, I want you to uh, yeah. clear up a lot of what's going on with, with Bennett. Uh, since I've seen reports, he has resigned. And I also want to get your status on the, your update on the status overall of the entire audit. But we'll get there in a moment. You know, we haven't spoken on air since April, but have kept in touch a bit along the way, including off air, as I have shared both off and on air, my own concerns about your good reputation being sullied by being too close uh, with what I consider to be a completely illegitimate exercise in Maricopa. So, John, what I feared might happen did happen with those bamboo comments taken out of context and you became an object inappropriately so but unsurprisingly so nonetheless of of national ridicule really H- how did you enjoy that john you know it wasn't so bad because you know really <laughs> what i was really i was uh, they shot the messenger i was after a really big fraudster name of Havon pulitzer who is just a complete con man, okay? He's the one who spreads incredible rumors, and that's why we're checking these papers, is because of him. He tells people that China hacked the election system through the thermostat, okay? He says it was 65 (laughs) countries involved in hacking uh, the United States in six states, 600 counties. I mean, this is like... He also says on Oak Island, I don't know how can people can believe him, okay, that the uh, that they buried the Holy Grail in that uh, pit up there oh, you know, on the History Channel. Oh, the, yeah, I on mean, the Discovery Channel, they have a show on the mysteries yeah. of Oak Island. So J- Javon Pulitzer is also behind that nonsense. Uh, so well, He's behind a lot of nonsense. I, l- listen, I w- he was here on the 15th. Uh-huh. He flew in on a private jet. Where'd you be chasing that down? We're trying to figure out where these uh, grifters are really doing, because he announced the $9 million, which was just incredible. $9 million what? $9 million is what this audit is going to cost. I see, and that's been raised okay. from these right-wing media outlets who have been raising money on its behalf. Listen, uh, So, John, I, I right. want to say right up front here, even though we yeah. make, make fun of Pulitzer and uh, Bamboo and all the rest, I want to say 
I strongly believe that even extreme partisans and, yes, even conspiracy theorists like Pulitzer deserve to be able to learn if their elections were recorded accurately, since so much of the regular counting process in elections is now done essentially in secret inside of computers. So I don't have a problem with audits, even by extreme partisans. My problem has not been with that but with the secret nature of the process. There's a way that this needs to happen. It needs to be 100% transparent. It needs to work with the election officials. This exercise has been anything but. And I think we bickered about it, uh, about this, uh, you know, when you first appeared uh, to discuss this audit back in April. Aren't you still concerned about the nearly 100% lack of oversight that the public has had of this entire process over the past four months? Well, it used to be 100%. Now I think it's down to about 80%, okay, which is still terrible. But you know what? I was there, uncovered a lot, been uh, helping people understand. You know, doing nothing is not a solution. Do you think I could have stopped it by boycotting it, Brad? Or do you think that, let's say, when something this critical is happening, that somebody that has the vast experience that I have, uh-huh. okay, can go in there and make a difference. And you know what? I know I have, and I'm proud of everything that I've done, okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it will all come out. And I'm not here trying to alienate my brothers and sisters on the right. Uh, I'm here to help them understand what was happening to them and how this whole thing is working. And I was able to help a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep helping a lot of people. My business card is pretty clear what it says. Election integrity is not about the right or left. It's about right and wrong. I think I know a guy mm-hmm. who helped me make that up. Yeah. His name was Brad Friedman. Yeah, I think you stole that from me. I, I'm going to sue for copyright, John. Uh, well, you might have to. Uh, I, I will. I added to that. It's greed and corruption to the end. All okay? right. I, but the point I'm trying to say is, yeah. is that I did what was responsible. Well, I, I and I do understand that, and I do know we have talked, and in fact, I can confirm that I know that you have uh, sort of helped uh, convince Ken Bennett and I guess the Cyber Ninjas that they should allow more media folks in there. I know that you've uh, brought in uh, personally yourself some uh, uh, reporters, guys like Steve Rosenfeld, who are election integrity uh, reporters. So I know that you have helped make the process somewhat more transparent, even if we still don't actually know what it is that the ninjas are finding. But let me hit uh, stick for a moment here with Ken Bennett, uh, since he has reportedly been locked out of the count as of last Friday, hardly uh, transparent when you lock out the guy who the liaison with the Senate who's supposed to be yeah. overseeing this in one way or another. Uh, can you tell us, John Brakey, can you confirm one way or another as to whether he has, in fact, resigned as the official Senate liaison from this entire matter? I understand that this morning, uh, uh, by now or a little later, he is sending a letter not accepting what they offered him. He is completely resigning. They offered him and saying, gee, we don't want you to resign, but you can't come back into the building. Uh, You have too much integrity. We're doing things in here we don't want you to see. That's how I see it, at least. And he is telling fans that 
uh, I completely resign. I am not going to be in a situation like the Senate hearing of, on July 15th that I fly in from Utah with my family, and you tell me what we're going to talk about an hour beforehand, and you go into things that was just an infra-commercial. Mm. It was about raising money is what they were doing, and they used him by putting him in the middle, and he knows that. And, uh, and so we are working together to see what the next move that, uh, that he has to decide to make, not me. But uh, uh, he is uh, definitely uh, a unique politician. Uh, in fact, I wish there was more politicians that were honest to a fault. That and is really, I think, a very high quality. And, and we should note, and, he's, uh, uh, he's, so we, he has resigned, yes. You're you're confirming that he's resigning. This is uh, Ken Bennett. Rep- I am confirming, but there are the we're ask. He's asking for this. Uh, if you want me to stay, then you will put me in charge of doing the ballot image audit with Ray Lutz. Okay, and he will handle getting the electronic uh, envelopes uh, because everything's a copy and can. Conf- and confirm that they're all signed because there's rumors are just blank pieces of envelopes what and, they have. And this is and, uh, the, the, and then he wants input into the final. And what we're looking to do is have the original count, the ninja uh, hand count, and now how many pieces of paper, and then have Ray Lutz's uh, audit that would be done by batch and by precinct. And and, and just to explain, to John, let me ex- John let release. John, let, to the public. John, let me explain, John. Uh, Ray Lutz, of course, is an election integrity uh, audit expert from uh, San Diego. He's been on the show many times as well. He was on with you last time we talked back in April. He would like to carry out what might now be, uh, depending on how you count, a third or fourth uh, audit of sorts, looking at the so-called ballot images that are produced, that are uh, actually photographs, if you will, of the actual ballots as they are tallied on election night uh, to once again look at whether those uh, results are accurate. So, yeah, so so you're saying at least Ken Bennett has, has threatened to resign, it sounds like, and they may find some accommodation for him. But do you know who was responsible, John? And, uh, and I want to get into some of the details here, but who was responsible for locking him out of the process? Do we know? Was it the Cyber Ninjas? Was it the Senate President Karen Fan? Uh, who was uh, ultimately behind all of this when it started last week? It was Doug Logan and Randy Pullen. Doug is Cyber Ninja. Mm-hmm. Randy Pullen is uh, a very high. He was the chair of the Arizona Republican Party for about four years, and then he went on to the uh, RNC. Was their treasurer. Uh, he is a well-known, nationally mm-hmm. known uh, political operative. And so, as I understand it, he's sort of muscling uh, Ken Bennett out of the liaison position of late. Would that be a, a proper way to describe it? I would describe it, yes. And I would say to Randy Pullen, he thinks 500 journalists in the bottom of the ocean makes a good start. Is that what he, he didn't said? He say that, but I described that to him because I know how he is with media. He hates it. He hates him. All right. Well, then I guess he won't come on this show. John, I guess not. The, apparently the crux of the disagreement uh, began with this so-called third count of the ballots uh, said to be taking place after Senator uh, Fan 
approve the purchase of new paper counting machines to count the number of ballots, not the results, but the number of ballots, because there was this disagreement between the number reported by the county uh, after the election and the number of ballots that have been tallied by the ninjas. Uh, and, and it's something that I think we discussed with you and warned about with you and, and Ray back in uh, in April after it became clear that the ninjas had a very, very sloppy procedure for tracking the ballots as they were counting them. So this third count is supposed to be independent from the ninjas' own count, but apparently it is not, as a ninja attorney uh, is said to be working on the new count, and Ken Bennett told KFYI, this uh, this week, I think, that he was concerned that they might fudge the numbers in order to match up with the ninja's count. We have to be very careful that the third count is, of course, independent from Cyber Ninja's second count, independent, frankly, from, well, we, we have to make sure that we are not force balancing to their number or giving them something too early for that would allow them to force balance back to our number. If we're doing a third count to check the second count, which apparently had to be different, must have been different than the first count, we've got to keep the third count independent, and we've got to make sure that we aren't force balancing or they aren't. And I even asked Mr. Pullen, what are the procedures for us to do this third count so that we can make sure that they, that we're independent from the second, and he refused to tell me. And I just was shocked. I became very concerned that there would be this force balancing going on. That, of course, is Republican, former Republican Secretary of State of Arizona, Ken Bennett, saying that this third count is anything uh, but independent of the second count, as it was supposed to be. Now, you've been inside of this entire process, John. What's actually going on there? Is there reason to be concerned about this third count that is supposed to somehow you know, sort of confirm the second count? Uh, what, first off, what uh, Ken said is right in the money. And uh, on top of that, it's supposed to be an independent count. And what is Brian Bland, the lawyer for Cyber Ninjas, doing uh, handling all these ballots and counting? That is, that's that issue, okay? Mm-hmm. And also, uh, we don't know as a fact, we, we speculate that they're missing ballots because they don't know what they're doing, okay? <laughs> and they don't know that a number of ballots were duped through electronic adjudication, no matter how many times I keep trying to tell them that, okay? Yeah. They just don't seem to get it. So okay? let me let me explain These that. Let me, John, let me, John, let me explain. John, 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 let me explain that. Uh, so it, when you say duped, meaning they were duplicated because some ballots show up, they're unreadable by the machines, so they are duplicated by hand so the machines can read them, which means we then have sort of two copies of the same ballot, but only one copy is actually counted. Yet there are two ballots, uh, two ballots there, and that can throw off the count. Am I understanding that correctly? Yes, but there's another part of that. Yeah. Let's say, for example, thousands of ballots are printed on on-demand printers, and they get out of skew. There's no coffee stain. There's no lipstick. They force them through the scanner, and they let electronic adjudication do it, which is two people under a camera with notes, because if they had to physically go get the ballot, they'd have to find one of 2,500 blank ballots, fill it out, okay? That would take 12 minutes, two people, Okay, but if you could force a ballot through the system, it will go 
automatically to electronic adjudication, okay? Mm -hmm. And at that point, they could fix it and do it in less than a minute. So there would be, you have to use the image, and it has a number written on it. And they just didn't figure that out. They, because they don't know how elections work, it seems. And I, I want right. to ask you in a, in yes. a, uh, in a moment, I, I want to come back and, and ask you about some of the very specific charges that they have made. But before I get to a very quick break here, John Brakey, our friend uh, and election uh, integrity journalist Steve Rosenfeld, I mentioned he's been a guest on this show many times over the years. He recently reported at his voting booth site website that the audit team actually knows that the data actually proves that Joe Biden won in Arizona and the auditors are kind of freaking out about that. Is that true? What can you tell us about what Fan and the Ninjas now believe after nearly four months of this exercise? Do they know that they got it wrong, that in fact the election results were correct uh, from the original election count? I would I would say I'd be speculating, but uh, I do believe it's going to come out right. I've always said that. We know why. I watched that election like no other, okay? It's my state, and I knew that it would be a meltdown in my state because of the polling, okay? And uh, invested a lot of time in the whole process. And then, of course, uh, my nemesis, who's my ally, and we kind of switch roles, a Republican, is now working with Larry Moore, Okay, Benny White, and he was able to get the cast vote records and had Larry Moore's team break everything open in cast vote records. So they were able to see the vote switching that happened by Republicans. Like they voted the two top races uh, for uh, Trump and then for a Senate Democrat, but the rest of the ballot you can see off the cast vote record files that. They voted Republican. Okay, and let and me we just clarify. Democrats, uh, and we can see the offset. All of this John, is uh, le- easily looked at. Let me, John. Let me just clarify that because when you say vote switching by Republicans, what you're actually so I, I, that's and, a uh, misstep in my what I said. I know. I'll clarify it. it I'll clarify it. Uh, what what they found was that the, the reason. That there were so many uh, votes for Republicans in the, uh, you know, the the races near the bottom of the ticket was because at the top Republicans decided they did not like Donald Trump and they wanted to vote for the uh, for Joe Biden and for Mark Kelly for Senate, but then those same Republicans stuck with their Republican choices everywhere else on the ballot, and uh, the the folks you named have mentioned that as the reason why the numbers were so surprising, at least to some in Arizona. They weren't surprising to me. Uh, but John Brakey... Me either. Not at all for me. John, I knew it was going to come in, it was going to be close, but I knew we were going to win because 60 Minutes had a show, and it talked about the effect of Jeff Flake, and all, Senator Jeff Flake, yeah. and also Cindy McCain. And how people in the suburbs, for the first time, in Republican suburbs, were putting signs on their front lawns for Biden. Yeah, the Republicans, uh, well-known Republicans in the state, were saying, do not vote yeah. for Donald Trump. John Brakey, uh, Director of Audit USA, longtime election integrity uh, champion, uh, stand by. I need to take a very quick break, and then I want to fly through some very quick, because we'll only have a few minutes, very quick uh, 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 claims being made by both Doug Logan and, yes, Donald Trump this past weekend about the Arizona audit that you have been overseeing. Stand by, John. I'm Brad Friedman. You are listening to The Bradcast. 
Hey, this is Brad. Our nightmare election may be over, but new ones are on the way. Here at the Bradcast and bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year around, like no other media outlet in the nation. But of course, we need your help to help us remain on your public airwaves and completely independent. Please help us continue that fight over your public airwaves by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. And thanks. Don't tell my heart, my eggy breaky heart. I just don't think it understand. And if you tell my heart, my eggy breaky heart, he mightn't blow up and kill this man. <laughs> Welcome back. To the Bradcast, Brad Friedman from bradblog.com speaking with John Brakey, Director of Audit USA, who has been inside the Maricopa County, Arizona, uh, so-called audit working. Uh, he is a, a, a longtime progressive. He has been working, however, hand-in-hand hand with the Republican former Arizona Secretary of State, Ken Bennett, uh, who was serving as the oversight liaison for uh, for the Republican Senate on this uh, so-called audit, but now Brakey reports that uh, Ken Bennett ha- is is either resigning or has threatened to resign because he has been locked out of the count. Apparently, he is too honest. Uh, John, uh, John Brakey, let me get a couple of quick debunking debunkings from you, if I can. Doug Logan, the CEO of Cyber Ninjas. Uh, at this uh, Senate forum on, uh, on July 15, said there were about 74,000 mail-in ballots for which there was no record of them being requested. Donald Trump called them magically appearing ballots uh, in a statement, insisting that all of this proves the entire election was fraudulent. Uh, we debunked several of his claims, but what's the real story on those 74,000 ballots, and are those the famed secret bamboo ballots uh, that were dropped into the election by China? I think that's what they were hoping to in, imply. But what they were is ballots that came in through an envelope through an early voting location, which we had 171, and they started opening them up 30 days beforehand, okay? Uh, every day they'd add a few more until they got to election day. So that's what they were. They were really early votes in a vote-by-mail envelope. And they were ballots that, uh, because they claim, oh, there was no record of these ballots being requested, but in fact they were ballots that people walked in early voting and did early absentee voting. That accounts for it the could 74, be both 000. because yeah. you, they have a very good system of uh, handling the poll books. Mm-hmm. And so if you get a vote by mail and you walk into a voting center, you don't have to have the envelope. They'll just cancel the other one. And then give you a new one. Got it. What they'll do. Got it. All right. Okay. So, the LA has the same system. Now at uh, yeah, we do very similar. Uh, speaking at a rally, this uh, just this past weekend, this right wing Turning Points USA group in Phoenix this past weekend, Donald Trump claimed that the audit has been has proven that the election was stolen. He made uh, you know some claims along the way. I want you to speak very quickly to them. Here he is just this past weekend claiming the entire election database in Maricopa County was deleted. Unbelievably, the auditors have testified that the master database for the election management system, sorry to tell you, has been deleted. I wonder why it was deleted. Meaning the main database for all of the election-related data in Maricopa in 2020 has been illegally erased. It's been erased. 
John, breaking true or false that the database has been illegally erased or even erased at all? It never was erased. Completely a false. It was incompetency on their part not being able to find it. The On the part of Logan. the cyber ninjas, yeah. All right. Absolutely. Here, and here's Cl- uh, Trump uh, claiming that illegal voters were recently purged from the rolls, but only after the election. This, too, of course, is false. There were 18,000 people who voted in Arizona in 2020 who were then purged from the rolls immediately after the election. Now, that's, well, half true. They were purged after the election, but did they actually vote in the election, John? Not at all. They have a very good system, and nothing like that happened. They had voter registration up to the 15th. Yes, more people were added to the rolls. Yes, provisionals added. And yes, people die, and they took those off the list. And Maricopa's done a great job explaining all of that. So the people that they removed from the rolls were not people that actually voted in the election. That is exactly the case. 168,000 ballots, said Trump, were printed on illegal paper, and I'm not sure what he's suggesting here. Either way, he's claiming that these are illegal votes or that they uh, should be tossed because the paper was illegal or something. You'll you'll clarify this for me. And then 168,000 ballots were found to be printed on unofficial, very thin, flimsy paper. In other words... Sounds to me like they were short of ballots and they just made them up because you have what's called, quote, voter secure paper. It's very heavy. It's like the dollar bill. It's like, you know, it's very complex stuff. But they didn't have that. And so they had 168,000 votes. And that's required. It's required. You have to have it. That's 168,000 votes. And so that also would have been invalidated. They wouldn't have allowed it to be on Election Day. They wouldn't have allowed it. No clue what he's talking about there, but 168... Oh, I do. This Go. is hilarious. He's talking about his voters because uh, they 168,000 is the amount of people in Maricopa County who voted on an Election Day at a voting center, which actually had a digital scanner there, Okay. And the ballots were printed on ballot-on-demand paper, okay? Is it illegal? That's stock paper. Uh, it, it, so it's, it's, it's not runback paper. So is it illegal paper? No, none <laughs> of it's illegal. It's crazy. I mean, this is what we put up with these authoritarian-type leaders who talk like they know something, and these people are gullible. John, That's why I'm there is to help them understand. I know, John, but why haven't you been kicked out of this uh, process yet, as, as outspoken as you are? Oh, about... I've been kicked out. When they got rid of Bennett, they got rid of me, because right. they got a twofer there. Okay? I see. All right. And they know that. Now, you said uh, early on, I, I got to get out here uh, momentarily, John, you said that uh, you thought this was a useful exercise because it would ultimately find that the original count was accurate, would quiet the skeptics, but instead, you know, Trump and his supporters are using what's going on there as a model to carry out similar so-called forensic audits around the country. Do you still feel that this exercise does more good than harm to democracy and the I, cause of election integrity, John? I think, Brad, that if we do not unite as Americans and cast off these parties and use this opportunity to reach out to our brothers and sisters everywhere and show them what election fraud really looks like and how it could happen, and here are the solutions 
This is a great time to educate. And that's what I've done. And that's why we got Georgia with ballot images, you getting them out of there. That's why I'm in litigation in Florida. That's why I'm in litigation here, because we need to work for the solution. Our country needs elections that are transparent, trackable, with robust audits, okay? Mm -hmm. Not less, okay? Uh, The actual act of voting is the secret process, folks. However, counting is a public process. Ballot images are a public record that can prove that elections are real or not. But this they pr- are a public document. We're all working towards a solution and the opportunity. These people are like what you and me were in 2004. We, we were babes at one time, okay? At least Fan stood up for her constituents. Our, our leaders didn't do that, did they? Well, uh, let me just say this, John. The process, I agree, needs to be public. We need to have transparency. We have too much secret counting. I don't see that happening in Arizona, and I'm not sure that it's going to happen anywhere else in the country, and I'm not sure that this process is getting us there. You, however, feel it is getting us closer. I do. Okay. I really do. All right. And we're not done I never quit like you. We're, we're keepers, Brad, you and me. Right. And I appreciate coming on your show. You're a brother from a different mother. Okay. And we can disagree and do it as well as we're doing right now. All right. We will disagree, I'm sure, in the near future again on the broadcast with John Brakey. He is the director of Audit USA, longtime election integrity and transparency champion. And uh, you can find uh, his his group's work at AuditElectionsUSA.org. You can find them at Audit.USA on Facebook. And also you can find John himself on Facebook, I believe, at John Roberts Brakey. I appreciate your information, John, from inside the Arizona audit, even as we uh, bicker about uh, the common sense of all of this. But we'll continue bickering on a future program. John, really appreciate you joining us today, my friend. Thank you for having me. And good luck with that bamboo. (laughs) Good luck with, uh, well, with all. We all need to work together. (laughs) Yes, sir. But there is no bamboo. You know that, right? (laughs) Bye, John. We got to get out. Uh, Thank you to our producer, Desi (laughs) Doyen. And uh, to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us, it's always appreciated. If you missed any portion of today's delightful show, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com, all of which is made possible by folks like you who stop by bradblog.com slash donate. You know, they're getting millions and millions of dollars for that phony audit uh, in Arizona. We're begging for $5 donations to tell <laughs> yes. you the truth about it here. Bradblog.com slash donate. Drop me email if you like. I am bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, you will find me at the Bradblog. That's it. Until we meet again, hopefully tomorrow, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.